0: This will be <laughs> <laughs> Wow From the city that brought you the factory of sadness, now comes, wait for it, the House of Bliss podcast.
1: Oh, Woo! snap.
0: Woo! <laughs> How do you like them apples?
1: Man, I'm feeling it today.
0: That's something. I
1: do. I'm feeling swirly. I uh, just came off the back of a week where I got to teach a three-part class on the presence of God, and uh, the last night was just spectacularly, ridiculously drunk, dude. It was great. Yeah, we had people just unable to get off the floor, people getting healed, and uh, I was telling you, like, this girl, she got, like, blue oil on her hands, and then she would try to, like, wipe it off, and it would just continue to be blue. It was really cool. So, (laughs) I, uh, yeah, it's like, when you come out of those experiences, it's like, For me, like even weeks afterwards, every time I just think about it, I'm like, oh, just like right there. So, we uh did you taste the blue oil? No, I didn't I didn't taste I would have it. Wanted this, I did not know this person. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna, yeah, gonna <laughs> lick a stranger's hands, you know. Like I, I'm outrageous, I'm not like that though. <laughs> that would be a
0: really cool manifestation. And then you had everybody lap the blue oil like out of her hands.
1: Like Gideon's army. <laughs> if anyone just chugs it, they're out. But if they lap it up like a dog, they no, maybe it's the opposite. I can't remember. Um, no, no. He only yeah, wanted people that like dive, stuck their yeah. face in the river. No,
0: he wanted the opposite. They were alert. They were attentive. So they would they would scoop it the water out of their hand, and then they would draw it to their mouth. They won't mm-hmm. like dive their heads in like dogs.
1: We're, for those that don't know, we're talking about the Old Testament story of Gideon here. Look, if I were God, I would. Actually, rather have the people. I mean, I won't argue with him, but I would rather have the people that just go for it and dunk because they're fearless. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but they're stupid. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I wonder if anybody I'd accidentally drowns. Fearless, <laughs> stupid soldiers. <laughs> well, listen uh, today. Mark and I, you know, we figured you guys have been with us. This is our fifth episode. Whoop, whoop. Number five. Number already. number cinco. There's a lot of grace on the number five. Like, yeah, dude, I don't understand where people pull these numbers from sometimes.
0: Five is the number of grace, and that's a fact.
1: Like, I get the number seven because I've been listening to this commentary about it, uh, which you can listen to in other episodes. But but I don't know. It's like people are like, what's the number three? Well, uh, three is the number of like, I don't know. Trinity. flaming flaming armpits or whatever and you're like where are you getting this from <laughs> okay fine trinity was a bad example that's yeah, an easy one what's the number 11 mark um it's like the number just short of like
0: government
1: or completion
0: because there's like 12 disciples and then 11 isn't quite there or something like that
1: yeah I can't well remember. that doesn't make sense because they replaced uh they replaced Judas with Matthias right But then doesn't Paul become the 13th apostle? So then they just messed it all up.
0: They really screwed up. (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: I'm just saying, like, these numbers, man, they're a little shaky. But anyway... Listen, uh, before we get into our whole thing, we're, we're going to be talking about our stories today. You guys have been with us a while. We really love it and appreciate it. And we kind of realize, like, wow, I don't think we've ever really gone into like who we are, why we are the way we are, um, you know, just some of our personal experiences together and with Jesus and our life story a bit. And uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about in that way. But before I get there... Um, Mark, I am just continually going to press you. Like, I believe that the Bible says you need to be ready in and out of season. And uh, I just don't think you're there yet, so I'm just going to keep throwing stuff at you (laughs) until you get there. Listen, I'm going to give you a Bible verse, and I'm going to give you no time. You're just going to crank out a sermon, okay? And uh, I want you to... pretend like there's thousands. This is the book of Acts, man. Thousands of people just showed up at your doorstep. They want to hear a sermon and the Lord just drops this verse in your this heart. Is, okay,
0: This is, by the <laughs> way, like an excellent exercise for you to do at home. Really fun. Just preach a sermon off of whatever yeah, random just, Bible verse. Just
1: flip open a verse. You know, you might get... You might get lucky and have it be like John 3.16. If you kind of aim for the back a little bit. But then you might accidentally get revelation. And then what are you going to do? You got grasshopper, you know, helicopters or something (laughs) like that. I don't know. Anyway, so it says, I'm going to give you this from, uh, I actually hand, uh, what do you call it? Selected, curated. I curated this just for you, Mark. All right. Uh, It comes from the book of Mark. It says this. Oh,
0: I know this book well. (laughs)
1: It says, a young man wearing nothing but a linen garment, was following Jesus when they seized him, says this, But he pulled free of the linen cloth, and he fled naked, leaving his garment behind. Go ahead.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The Lord's exposing some nakedness in this season. And some of you, it's just time to get naked. And you're afraid, you know what? I'm actually getting some revelation right now. Cole. Great,
1: man. Preach, dude.
0: (laughs) Some of you, it's time to take the linens off because you've been hiding things, and it's just going to be healthy for you to bring things out in the open, and God is bringing some vulnerability and intimacy into your life, and it's going to radically transform you. So just don't be afraid to be naked before our Lord and before people in a metaphorical sense.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, right. obviously
0: that's what that verse is really hammering into.
1: I uh, I saw a youth group one time. They had a a night where they were gonna like I don't know, share their deepest darkest secrets or whatever. And it was called uh, "Getting Naked with Your Clothes On." I thought I don't know if that's something you want to encourage teenagers to do. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I might get out of hand quick. Getting naked with your clothes <laughs> <Right>. on. <laughs> Uh, no, that's pretty good. But I, I was just feeling, you know, if maybe, maybe your wardrobe just sucks and you're like, I could never preach the gospel for our Lord Jesus. You know, you're like, I, I can't be like that, uh, Carl Lentz guy who's who's yes. got the most like fa- <laughs> fabulous glasses and watches. You're like, all I've got is a linen bed sheet. And, uh, the Lord just wants you to know that, uh, you too can be his witness. It's not about the linen sheet. On your body, I don't know where I'm going with this. (laughs) Be a little
0: naked linen witness for our Lord.
1: Yeah, little naked linen witness for our Lord. Man, that's got to be a rap name. (laughs) Anyway, cool, fantastic. Well, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and dive right. (laughs) Lil Linens, that's my my hip-hop name, Lil Linens.
0: That's
1: fine. I think Isaiah, is he the one who just stripped naked?
0: I can't remember if Isaiah or uh, Ezekiel also had to, like, lay naked on his side or something like that. For yeah, but he
1: also—I love I love this one because, like, God is having Ezekiel do all this, like, theater, basically, to prophesy doom. And he's like, you're going to lay on your side for—it was like a year, I think, like yeah. a, a whole year. And you're going to cook your food <laughs> over your dung <laughs> while laying on your side. And he, he's like, Lord— can it at least, at least be animal dung? And the, the Lord's like, fine, fine, you can do animal dung. Like, I love that he concedes, you know. That it, should
0: be like our next podcast verse right there.
1: Any Yeah, anybody who doesn't uh, think that God is weird <laughs> <I was> gonna- <laughs> or have a sense of showmanship just needs to read some of the prophets. There's some weird, weird and very flashy stuff going on. There. And
0: for those of you who don't think you can change God's mind, case in point, Ezekiel. <laughs> Human feces no taught got into animal feces. Yeah,
1: right, right. You can talk him down a bit. You yeah. gotta you gotta bargain with Bargaining <laughs> <laughs> with the Lord. <laughs> Man, wow, that took a turn for the, That's the weird. Yeah. Well, uh, so yeah, today we just thought, let's talk about our, our, our testimony. We're going to testify. 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 We
0: testify.
1: Yeah, we're going to share. Um, and so here's my heart behind this. Uh, I'm sort of like anybody else. I just get a headache whenever I get on social media. Like, it just bugs me so much there's so much confusion and so much people throwing uh cow feces at one another metaphorically (laughs) speaking it's a it's a hot fire over over dung you know it's a social media is a dumpster fire of uh fake news and (laughs) people just hurling insults at each other it's divisive it's 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 it seems to me like more than ever that you can't really trust even uh the things that should be able to be trusted, you know? Like how many times have you had somebody say, okay, this diet, this is the diet. And then like two (laughs) days later, the New York Times comes out and says, yeah, this diet sucks and it kills you in three days. You know what I mean? It's just, it seems like everything is up for interpretation and up for grabs. And so, but in saying that, I'm not hopeless at all. It just seems to me like the most important uh, thing that you can bank on, that you can rely on, is that uh, Jesus Christ is alive. He's the king. And even if you have doubts about the Bible, where for me, like we love the Bible on the show. We talk all about rich uh scriptural things. Like we we go way into stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, my faith is not based on what a book that is among many books tells me. It is because I've had a life-altering, a series of life-altering experiences with Jesus Christ himself. And it continues to blow my mind and shape my life. And uh, it's real to me. It's very, very real to me. It's it's not something that is uh, up for debate. You know, you could come along and tell me, you know, that everything I'm experiencing is a lie. And I, I would be so secure because I just, I've seen too much, Mark. And I know you have too.
0: Fake news. Yeah, fake, fake news. Fake right. news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the fact that you can just respond to anything these days and just say fake news. Fake right. news. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I went to the grocery store yesterday. Fake news. You can just be perpetually skeptical. No, I've also had experiences with Jesus that have forever changed my life. And uh, there's absolutely no... At this point, there's... Um, I, I can say with, I think, 100% certainty that there's no talking me out of it.
1: Yeah. I heard a quote recently, uh, it was saying how the mystics of, uh, or the Christians of the future are going to be mystics or they won't be Christians at all. And I do think that that's the way things are headed. It's just like, there's so much arguing over the head knowledge. I, I feel like with all these like alternative facts and fake news and, uh, people just straight out outright not believing, uh, it's like the truth is so subjective it's it's go. it feels like the truth in so many ways is considered subjective that the only solid thing that I can rely on is the fact that my life has been flipped upside down by Jesus and uh it see, it seems like if we're talking about the realm of facts and reason and science and all that stuff it seems like uh it seems like that pool has been kind of peed in too much for me <laughs> you know what I mean like So a lot of people are focused on, and I have no problem with like apologetics or, you know, people finding a reason-based reason reason to believe in Jesus. But for me, even that is a road that is just there's so much, so many voices on so many different sides that at the end of the day, uh, what keeps me going is I have this burning love inside my heart that comes from Jesus. How about you?
0: I got the same thing, Cole.
1: You got the burning.
0: I got that burning. I got feel a of burn. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Um. I, I think like the cool thing just about my own history story with Jesus is there's an embracing of some things that are a bit mystery that I don't, you know, maybe don't fully have the full understanding of. But for the most part, God brings you uh, inner congruity in your life. So he brings you inner congruity in your heart through experience. But he also wants to bring that to your mind. So I think a lot of times... You hear uh, people say, you know, you got to shut your mind off to experience or encounter the Lord. And and I would say um, maybe there's moments where that's true, where you're overanalyzing or being uh, maybe like too overly skeptical. But like, I think the thing that I most enjoy is I like to understand things. And uh, God wants to bring us to a point where we can understand him, understand truth, understand who he is. So so yeah. yeah I've had just uh, had an amazing journey with Jesus and the other thing I get excited about just sharing uh, our journey and testimony and stuff like that is this is a total Bethelism <laughs> that you hear it all the time but anyways it's uh, what is it the, the testimony of Jesus oh, right. yeah is the spirit of prophecy <laughs> and so it's just really fun to share your own story so I really encourage you guys as our listeners to you know share sto- your story with people. Because it prophesies into people's lives. And by that, we just mean that the Lord wants to reproduce what he's done in your life and in other people. So I feel like there's going to be real significant parts of our story that come out today that just really speak into your life.
1: Right, right. Um, so a verse that's always just, just really made my heart come alive in the book of Acts. If you don't know much about the book of Acts, it's really just the account of the early church. Like Jesus... His story is mostly in the Gospels, and then he kind of hands over the keys to his apostles and uh, takes off for a while. Which, of course, he shows up in the Holy Spirit and we're one with God and all that. But uh, physical Jesus pops out of here and says, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this to you guys." And uh, so it's just the account of how the church exploded with signs and wonders and miracles, and it's like. Literally, the government and the religious authorities did everything they could to stop this thing from spreading. Uh, So, (laughs) you know, I'm not uh, under this illusion that, like, American Christians are just, they got it so hard. But it does seem like it's so illegal to talk about Jesus in so many ways right now. Uh, for for so many different reasons, maybe because people misunderstand what it's about or whatever. But it's like these early Christians, like they literally were beaten, thrown in jail, had their family members murdered. Um, They all kinds of horrible stuff. They were like, do not talk about Jesus. So there's a particular story where Peter, he gets beaten and uh, flogged and they, they say, all right, now don't, speak in the name of Jesus anymore. And he has this amazing little line that he says that's always stuck with me. He looks right, right at them and says, we cannot keep quiet about what we've seen and what we've heard.
0: That's so good.
1: <laughs> we cannot. Uh, another translation says, we cannot help but speak of what we've seen and what we've heard. and I, And we just want to encourage you, like, what you know about Jesus, you know, maybe your story is not... Uh, you know, it's not internet worthy in the sense of like, you know, you were uh snorting crack every day and God just rescued you out of it. Maybe it's a lot slower and less dramatic, but the fact that you have had a life-changing experience with Jesus, that you walk with him every day and that you know him, that is the most powerful truth that could ever be communicated to another human being is that God wants that for them too. So, If you you know, if you feel like you're sort of lacking in the courage to speak up, I encourage you to review your story. Review like what God has done with you because you'll find that like a fountain of passion, it'll just bubble up inside of you and you will find yourself saying, Listen, I don't care what you do to me, I don't care what you tell me, I cannot help but speak about what I've seen and what I've heard.
0: Yeah, the thing that I love about testimony too. Because I love a lot of stuff about testimony. 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 I like to say testimony. Testimony. That's actually it. I just like to say the word testimony. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's a handy word.
0: (laughs) J.K. J.K. I think uh, sometimes people get overly trapped in their testimony. They always are focused on just sort of their coming to Jesus experience. Right. But one of the cool things about testimony, mine and yours cool, and you listener at home, is your testimony is still unfolding. And so like part of my testimony is like I've walked a journey with Jesus all my life. I I never can remember a day where I didn't know Jesus or love Jesus. Um but like the excitement for me, like there just kinda came a point in my life where it was like like I wasn't walking, I guess, fully with the Lord. Or fully just embracing Jesus, fully embracing His presence, fully embracing whatever desire or plan He might have for my life, and I came to a point where I just was like, "Oh man, if I just like keep living this way, I know that there's going to be this regret on the inside of me," and I kind of came to the point where I'm like, "Okay, the only way to not to live without regret is to live fully engaged with Jesus and fully embrace." Um, his desire for me, fully embrace the love of the Holy Spirit, fully embrace whatever direction He had for my life, and to me, what I've experienced is that opens up like the most exciting life possible. Yeah. And so there's so much testimony in my life that's still yet to be told. There's still yeah. so many ways that Jesus is gonna work through me and and I through Him and
1: yeah and uh it's not just about that whole like air quotes you know getting saved experience it's like living a lifetime uh of of adventure and ecstatic encounter and joy and uh you know how many times have i found myself kind of needing to do that again where it's like i may felt like i was doing just fine and then i realized like there's so much more joy to be experienced But I'm holding on to this little thing, you know, whether, you know, a career or something like that. And God is like, hey, if you if you let me have that, I'll do something amazing with that, too. And so I can actually point to almost like once a year where it's like, wow, I realized like I needed to just surrender in a fresh way. Uh, to Jesus again, and he always exceeds my expectations and gives me so much more than what I had. So really, your, your testimony is not just your initial experience, but your entire lifetime of discovering God is so much better than you, than you think he is. He's got so much more in store for you than you could ever imagine. And if you're living under anything less than that, uh, I just want to encourage you, like, maybe it's time to just hand the keys back over. Uh, because he has more for you, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah there is a verse in scripture that talks about that. you pretty much quoted it, but it's Ephesians where it says he does things exceedingly abundantly above anything that you can ask, think, or imagine. so like that's a really exciting way to sort of uh to live your life to have that anticipation that what's coming up in front in in front of you is gonna just blow your mind.
1: Yeah, right. There's uh, a lot of people might know this, but repentance, uh, a lot of people, (laughs) a lot of people's idea of repentance is uh, falling on the ground and wailing and saying, I'm sorry until something (laughs) happens or whatever. But really, it's like uh, all that stuff is sort of just an outward manifestation of true repentance, which is the Greek for that just means a radical shift in thought.
0: Metanoia.
1: Yeah. And uh, everything that's going on on the outside in your life is a manifestation of something that's going on on the inside. So when you have a realization, like, you know, the Bible says he leads us on paths of life. And if you realize, well, the Lord loves you. There's grace all the time. But like, if you just find yourself going in a direction, you're like, wait, I don't like the direction I'm going you have this realization that there's more, that God is better, and it's like all of a sudden you find yourself uh, willing to to go down a different path, and God is so patient with that. And so, again, it's like having those experiences where you go, oh, I was settling for less, or I was afraid, so I was doing this, or whatever. So
0: yeah, It says in Psalm 16 that in his presence is the fullness of joy. There are pleasures forevermore at his right hand, And so um, a lot of times we always put that out post death, like we'll die and then we'll get to experience this amazing joy and these eternal pleasures forevermore. But in the person of Jesus, God brought that into our lives for the present uh, through the Holy spirit And so uh, if you find yourself disconnected from that life, there is like this true repentance and it doesn't have to be sorrowful or wailing or you don't have to uh, wear sackcloth and and ashes for for a week or something in penance. Right. It can, you know, it it can be, you know, sort of a sorrowful experience, which is okay. Uh, it doesn't have to be, but it's sort it's, of just this recognition that, oh, uh, there's an adjustment that needs to take place.
1: Yeah, it's more just like, what the heck was I doing? You know, yeah. sometimes, yeah, Silly sometimes me. that could be a thing. Silly old bear. But uh, I guess, I guess why I'm bringing all that up before we kind of dive in is because uh, a lot of people will hear about what we're talking about and think either, A, there's no way that could apply to me because such and such and such has happened in my life, or this has been my experience thus far, or they'll think, well, you guys are just special. Uh You know, maybe you're tapped into something that I'm not. And so our thing is like, listen, if you're walking down a path in your life that doesn't feel like rest, like rivers of living water, I'm not saying hard stuff doesn't happen, okay? But I'm just saying if the overall feel of your life just that, like, this joy feels so foreign to you, I think it's time to, I think it's time for a, a moment of repentance. Maybe it's time to come to Jesus and just say, hey, what do you have for me instead? What What do I need to rearrange? Like, what's going on that I'm not understanding? And that's really the goal of this entire podcast is that maybe somewhere throughout these episodes you will discover like oh that's the thing that i was believing yeah. that was shutting me out of this of experiencing this joy uh and so if you want to experience this joy just head over to our patreon page donate yes. a fat check to us every <laughs> no just kidding <laughs> yeah. no 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 uh right. that works right if you want to do that, if that's you're great. That. Yeah. <laughs> For formulas, look no further than our Patreon page. Proven. It's literally proven. I've never had a sad patron. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you can be a Patreon saint.
1: <laughs> oh wow! I think I'm gonna put the laugh track in there because that was that was just a hard pun. Hilarious. Hard pun. Hilarious.
0: Yeah. Uh, another uh, favorite quote of mine is uh, I think. John Crowder says it. Other people have said it too, but we're not living for uh, the experience of a lifetime. We're living a lifetime of experiences, right? And so there, are, uh, sometimes you get caught in Christianity looking for this one moment, this one encounter, <laughs> right? And you're the const- big one. <laughs> yeah. You're just like kind of constantly pining for this. Like you, <laughs> I don't even know what the experience is supposed to look like. It looks different for for whoever, per- whatever person. And, and there are just like amazing, extravagant experiences from heaven that are super profound. And in one moment, things really change for a person. And those are amazing. But what we really get in the gospel and, and what the Lord really wants us to bring us on this amazing uh, story, this testimony that's unfolding, this adventure is it's, it's meant to be a daily experience that we have with him, that we have with the world that we interact with. Yeah. And so and so it's like in my own heart I'm not like just like holding out for this just this one touch. <laughs> Can I just get this one touch from God? Like I've been touched by God. And so now it's just every day is just the is just the uh just the amazing experience of getting to to see what happens every day.
1: Yeah, like this unfolding. I think Heidi Baker is obviously the big standard. If you don't know who Heidi Baker is, uh, she is like the Mother Teresa of the charismatic world, dude. Like she is. Ev- everybody's hero, and she is awesome. Like no discounting that. But her her big thing is like. Uh, she was a struggling missionary, could never even plant a church successfully, and then she went to a uh, church meeting and uh, had an experience that was so profound that she was literally confined to a wheelchair for seven days, where she she like was just a like a blood, like a drooling mess of because uh, whatever she experienced in heavenly places was so profound it just left her unable to function and so a lot of us go like man until somebody has to change my diapers I have not experienced God enough you know <laughs> you're like like that's kind of this whole standard that people but like you know what we're saying is, I like that uh, we both get to do this podcast together um, because Mark is definitely more of like a, a daily sort of unraveling and experience of the faithfulness of God, whereas mine, yeah, mine was a bit more of a shake and bake, you yeah, know. A little baker
0: experience of your own. I've
1: never had a like a like a pants crapping experience with God, but <laughs> like <laughs> I've definitely had some times where I've gone out of my body and woke up other places, and you know just. Yeah, so it's shaking bait. So I do wear my diapers to church every <laughs> just Sunday. in case, just in case just it's in coming. Case. Yeah, you never know, <laughs> dude. You never know, <laughs> dude. You know, I, w- I had a couple of ideas for this show. I know eventually we're gonna get into talking about the end times. I'm like, we need to do maybe like a thing where we have our own like special end times buckets. You know, survival buckets. So we can we can put some <laughs> funny stuff in there. But we should definitely have like. Uh, I don't know what you call it. Um, heavenly experience diapers, you know, in case the big one is coming. You
0: never know. Those will go in the bucket for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah,
1: they'll go in the Yeah, dude. It's, it would suck to be in an underground bunker and, uh, you know, <laughs> no snow diapers around.
0: <laughs> How do we forget the diapers?
1: Oh, my God. You got all your canned beans, but you... Okay, so for those of you that don't know, uh, we do not really subscribe to any sort of like rapture, uh, doomsday, end times theories. So, but that's a whole episode for an entirely we'll different day. We'll that later on. But uh, I promise you, my promise to you is, I will s- steal extra diapers from my daughter and uh, put them in our end time survival bunker buckets. <laughs> 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 that is my promise to you. But yeah, I guess why we're saying some of that is because you, the listener, some of the stuff you're going to hear is outrageous. It's over the top. It is dramatic. Uh, but some of the stuff you're going to hear is just the stuff that doesn't make for good TV. It's just that sweet whisper in the dead of night. It is just that little inkling inside of you where God just kind of whispers and says, hey, it's going to be okay. Uh, and that stuff is worth talking about because whether your testimony, your life story is dramatic and fireworks or whether it's just, yeah, that simple daily awakening to what God has for you. It's all wonderful, it's all beautiful, and it's all part of the picture. So don't let people intimidate you. Uh, you know when <laughs> when you're like in line to share your testimony yeah. and the guy who's covered in face tats goes first and you're like, dang, <laughs> oh, you're like, you know, some people you're like have saintness. this need, like Crap. I've gotta spice up my testimony, you're, like yeah. my testimony is so boring. You know, we were t- joking earlier. It's like maybe I should just go shoot up uh, and snort some crack just so that I can get rescued from that and have a better testimony. <laughs> it's all it's like always like some kind of contest, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, well, I was literally dead. <laughs> I you know there's that lady who travels. She's a uh, former Muslim lady who literally uh, in persecuted countries she got her head blown off. Oh no way! Yeah, she. Got, I've, I, I've seen the scars, dude. Oh, she shows goodness. you her scars. So no way. <clears throat> her her head was uh, blown in half by a rocket that fell in a church building uh, where they were persecuting Christians. She she saw she met Jesus like in the flesh because she was like dead dead. And uh Jesus uh said, I would like to send you back. I have more for you to have, but I'm gonna give you the choice. And uh she decided to go back, but she asked if she could keep her scars. because uh, she knows she's wow. gonna obviously have to get healed. Uh you can't just be a half headed. You know? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she joined the uh side No, So so uh Anyway, she gets sent back, and she comes back, and she's in excruciating pain. But eventually, all her skin and everything recovered within a couple of weeks. And that's her testimony. And, dude, when she shares, the presence of God is so real, dude. Um, But anyway, the point is, uh, so she shows you. She shows you her hairline, and there's this massive, gnarly scar underneath her hair that goes, like, basically halfway down her head. So, uh, yeah, she wanted to keep that as like a badge of honor, basically. She asked the Lord if she could keep her scars because she noticed that Jesus still has his scars. Ah, so uh, stigmata. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway. I
0: would say, too, to people, the best way to share your testimony is you don't have to ham it up. You don't have to beef it up. You just have to tell it simply like it is. And when you tell it simply like it is, it'll have the most profound impact because it's just really uh, honest and authentic.
1: Yeah, the authority, the spiritual authority just really comes, like, when you share what comes from you. Alright, so with all of that, I guess I will... It's time to spill to, the beans, Yeah, cold. yeah, yeah, the tell-all. Um, Don't hold back. Yeah, there's some parts There's parts that are pretty raw. So if you have children, uh, I mean, I'm going to tell the adult version. So, you know, maybe send them out of the room with their Nintendo or something. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's always funny when I'm telling this to, like, middle schoolers or something, like, at a youth group. Because I'm like, and then I, oh, uh, I, I, yeah, I did bad things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because I forget that, you know, sometimes where people have told their parents or, or like where parents have talked to their kids about certain things or not. It's like certain kids are already like they know all the stuff you could tell them and more. And other kids are like, wait, you did. Wait, what does that mean?
0: <laughs> you left my youth group in a puddle Yeah. way back in the day. <laughs> I used right. to be a youth pastor. And I, as soon as Cole got to Cleveland, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I need to get this guy to speak at my youth group. And so you shared, and I'm serious, like, this is actually not even like joking, like every single uh, kid in my youth group just radically touched by the Lord that day. I mean, it was one of the most beautiful, raw experiences I got to facilitate as a youth pastor at the church. It was awesome.
1: Man, thanks for saying that. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so my, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I just got whacked hearing you say that. Oh, I'm like, true. I feel it. Jesus. No,
0: I like literally had teenagers that were uh, like struggle with depression, mm. suicidal thoughts and stuff like that. And God like literally severed like a lot of those things from their lives.
1: Dude, praise God, man. I Honestly, I mean, this, this like just being honest and vulnerable, like sharing Jesus is my favorite thing ever. Like, it, there's nothing more fulfilling to me. There's nothing more fun to me. And uh, the fact that I get to do this every week is just so much fun to me.
0: I thought you were telling me the other day
1: it was making whoopee. <laughs> That's the other thing. <laughs> well, I can't, you know, I can't say that I was a uh, working a brothel and got saved out of a, you know, rat-infested drug den. Uh, because I came from a very wonderful and normal family, um, but I think that if anything, my life is a testimony that you can have plenty to eat, you can have uh, a very nice home, you can have all this stuff, you can have everything, and and still feel really empty. You know, uh, mm-hmm. that's why I've always been fascinated by celebrities who have everything that our culture tells you that you need to have, and they still commit suicide. Or it, their lives are just so empty. So <laughs> that's kind of where wow. I was at. I grew up in a little town called Puyallup, Washington, like I half hour from that. Seattle. Yeah, Puyallup. If you, Seattle. if you look at how it's spelled, Pally, yeah, it's kind of like Cuyahoga in Cleveland. It's, oh, yeah. it's spelled P-U-Y-A-L-L-U-P. There, and I, no, I, you no, see no, that, and you're yeah. like, "There's nothing about that that makes me think it should come out this way." But <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Puwah Washington, and uh, what's really fun is my parents were not Christians uh, at all. Like, uh, I think my dad was an atheist. He's pretty pretty into the atheism thing, and um,
0: no way, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: yeah. Uh, and so he, when I was born, he said he felt. I've kind of talked to him about it. I'm still not really clear if it was like an audible voice or just a really intense inner voice where when I was born, uh, God spoke to him and said that you didn't create this life. I did. And so immediately my dad was like wrecked and uh, went to pick up a Bible and um, just read through the whole thing. And he and my mom just basically, oh, and at the same time, uh, my my mom and dad were having, like, horrible marriage problems. But my mom was, like, watching TV preachers at night and just starting to get <laughs> fed by that, you know? Like, we all start somewhere, you know what I mean? Well, Benny Handy, whatever. Right <laughs> on. So, yeah, and so she she was – all along her heart was sort of being prepared for that moment. And so when that happened, they started shopping for churches. And uh, so, so when I came into the world, um, I came in – to a Christian home, but it was very much a like we're 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 all just kind of figuring out what this means. So uh at first it was very conservative, like you know, Tim LaHaye Left Behind. I remember actually vividly, uh one of my first books that I read through was the uh, the the whole I least to love that left behind series. Nice. Which we have all denounced, by the way, at, at this I've point never in time. Read I've um, I've kind of got like a little curiosity. Well, listen, random. if you you're gonna need diapers, but not because of the presence of the Lord. That is scary <laughs> stuff. Actually, here's a funny story. I watched the movie, uh, uh, the Kurt old yeah Cameron. yeah the Kurt Cameron movie. It scared the it's I don't know how to say this without cursing. It scared me very badly, and uh, I remember. Um, one time I was looking for my parents you know because in that movie people disappear and there's plane crashes and the Antichrist and but their thing is like they just leave behind everything, dental fillings and all that stuff so, so uh, I was like looking for my parents one day, I was like probably four years old and I went into their room and I think they were in the shower but I saw their bathrobes like on the floor and uh, I couldn't find them and I was like oh no I've been left behind like I've got seven years to pull it together, <laughs> like the Antichrist is coming. And then I remember looking out, uh, just looking outside and be like, wait, there's still cars out. I think I'm okay. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. So basically, I grew up in very conservative Christianity. And I think my mom and dad would be fine in me sharing this. It's like, it was very, mostly fundamentalist to start with, very rigid, like literal interpretations of the Bible. Uh, But when I was about seven years old, my parents felt the call to ministry. And so we actually uprooted, moved everything, and went out to Kansas City, Missouri uh, for my dad to do a seminary out there. And by the way, we were not charismatic at all, so we had no idea about IHOP. I actually went to elementary school right down the street from there. Never once heard of IHOP until later. So The
0: pancake house or the prayer house? Uh,
1: whichever. Well, I think they both cause a lot of travail, but one's more like bowel travail, and the other's like <laughs> groaning in your spirit. Listen, it'll cause a groan in your belly, no matter which yeah, I hop you go to. Absolutely. So. <laughs> no, so uh, yeah, anyway, so so we're there, and I mean, honestly, this is like where a lot of pain was introduced in my life. I have no regrets, and I'm, I'm glad that my parents followed the call of God, but um, this is where I started to really... Because I was really chubby in middle school. Honestly, I I was a chunker, dude. Yeah. Oh, man. Funny to picture. Dude, I was a chunk. And so because of that, uh, I was going to a school of all new people and uh, just getting bullied a lot, like constantly made fun of. And so that caused like uh, genuinely, I'm being serious, like severe uh, issues with self-hatred and body shaming, uh, which is something that for the most part, I think I've overcome but it's still something today, like, I have to be intentional about looking in the mirror and saying, like, I love who I see. Um, I love who I see, Yeah. Too. Oh, you <laughs> Thank you, good. sir. Yeah, I know. I know. The beard helps, too. <laughs> but uh, no, I no, but honestly, it's like, it, it really wounded me uh, to to do that. And I also, I just, it caused a lot of anger and inability to adjust socially. And so just as I was kind of starting to, like, make friends and, and get there, uh, We felt called to plant a church as a family. So we actually moved back to Washington. Uh, But then we moved to a a small town, a wonderful town. But you know how small towns can be. Uh, Small, (laughs) closed group. Yeah, like closed group. You know, everybody's known each other since they were like in diapers. How small uh, are we talking? Uh, about seventeen thousand people, so okay. so pretty little.
0: I grew up in a smaller town than that.
1: It's not a contest, dude. <laughs> I
0: got, wait till you hear my testimony. And I tell you how a town I grew up
1: in. <laughs> it's not a contest. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I'm winning. So here I am. I'm this quirky, like city kid, and I moved to this tiny cow town. And uh, let's just say that I had a hard time making friends, and so I think I started smoking weed in seventh grade because I, I just honestly, the only people that accepted me were uh, the people who were into stuff that I'd never should have, you know, dabbled in. But I mean,
0: your hands on weed? Did you just through friends at school, or?
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very easy. Uh, Yeah, once you kind of. I mean it's pretty easy to spot stoners. I mean I was I had really long hair and you know, so I was always kinda like spaced out. So like I was really into heavy metal and like I mean, I don't think anybody would have a hard time saying, I, I bet you that guy probably is smoke smoke. <laughs> not to not if you if you are into that, we love you, you know. I'm not trying to stereotype. I'm just saying I was the walking stereotype of yeah. that, you know. And, uh, yeah, that's when I started to really, truly take a turn for the worse and experience, like, real anger, intense anger, suicidal thoughts. Um, I, I ended up just, uh, I remember, uh, I would just wake up uh, crying. <laughs> it was so awful. But, you know, and again, I had a loving family, a great Christian background, but there was something inside of me that was just busted and angry, And uh, I knew that I needed help, but I turned to drugs. I turned to New Age. This is where I started getting into like reading people's, you know, spirit energy and just looking for life anywhere but Jesus, because what I had grown up in, and my parents would say this too, it 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 was good, but it wasn't it wasn't all there is. Uh, Going to church and singing, you know, hymns, and just never experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit, but just always sort of being like, well, this is kind of boring, you know, like. Uh, So I'm going to go somewhere else where it's fun. And just getting into all kinds of New Age stuff. Well, uh, eventually, I ended up getting arrested. Uh, And this is really funny. Um, Small town. Okay, my dad has a church. He's a pastor. Pretty well known for that. And uh, one of the guys who arrested me was a cop who was one of my dad's parishioners. (laughs) So it was like so... Embarrassing. And that was How did you
0: get arrested? Like, what... Did they catch you trying to sell drugs or what No,
1: happened? no, no. Oh, funny story about that. It was like, uh, I I never got into selling drugs, but my best friend at the time did get into selling drugs. So one time I go over to his house and he's like, dude, you want to see something? He goes over to this closet and he opens a cooler. Like, we're talking a big, fat Coleman cooler just completely filled with weed. And I was like... Oh my God, what have I got myself into? Yeah. And he's like, no, it's cool. We've got like a certain amount of time to get rid of it. Blah, blah, blah. You should help me. I was like, dude, I'm not doing that. You know what I mean? I would be so grounded, which was the least of my problems. So one day the guy who was in charge of distributing this came over. This dude had like no teeth and he was like rough and tumble. And I was yeah. like, I was like shaking. How I was like old this guy. At this time? Uh. 15 probably, 15. 14 or 15, yeah. Nice. So anyway, I met the guy who was the distributor in the area and I was, uh, I didn't really see ourselves being any friends anytime yeah. soon. You so, didn't pick um, up a lot of warm
0: vibes.
1: No, so so I was a little nervous for my friend because this guy like carried a gun and he was like, you have a certain amount of time to push this, I'll be back for my money, you better have my money, right? So <laughs> anyway, uh, long story short, this guy never came back oh. <laughs> and we were like, huh, like what's going on? Well, we found out um, a few weeks later that that guy went to prison for straight up shooting a dude in the head. Oh my <laughs> like, god! Which is not funny, but it's oh. kind of like oh my god. Wow. So anyway, after I got arrested, uh, I I realized like uh, like I was saying earlier, I'm going down a path that I don't love, and I don't think I could ever confidently say that there's a time I didn't believe in God. I just thought like why belie- Why do that? You know, it's so boring. Like I see where this heads. You know, it's just. It just seems like such a boring way to live your life. I'm not ready for that. I want rock and roll. I want the drugs. you know I want the I want the mystical experiences that I find in new age. but
0: um you I mean it was
1: like oh right right right, yeah that's yeah. the way well, yeah. actually, it's a lot stupider than I wish it was, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wish I could say I like you know had a flamethrower or something in public, but, uh, no, you so, pull the heist yeah, off, like right. Danger. Yeah. 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 I still, uh, I stole. <laughs> I stole $1,000 worth of <laughs> gold chains <laughs> from the vending machine. No, I, uh, it was just a simple night. Like we were drinking at his house. We got super drunk. Thought it'd be funny to ride our bikes around, uh, the college area. Uh-huh. And, uh, he and another guy ended up getting in a, a verbal, argument like a really heated one. So it obviously this is like midnight, you know? So it's so dumb. And I uh I was really drunk, but I even had the presence of mind like you guys need to shut up. And uh t- bring bring little bicycle cop comes along and he's like, I'm break this up and he looks at me, he's like, Have you been drinking? And I'm like, yeah, a lot. <laughs> like yeah. He's like, well you're underage, you're coming with me. And uh but actually he called my parents and I ended up just getting taken home by my dad. But listen, that was the most awkward car ride I've ever had my dad was driving a little truck so I'm like in cramped quarters with him and uh didn't want to say much and uh I get home and my mom's crying and there's nothing quite like that that feeling of just like bringing total dishonor to your family you know my parents (laughs) are like this whole church that they're in charge of and I I just yeah it was not fun you know but that's when I was like alright I don't like the way I'm handling this whole life thing so uh I started shopping around and um I ended up going to this youth group, uh, which I used to go there just to make fun of and like meet girls. But this time I was like, I, I think I would like to see what Jesus is all about, you know, with fresh eyes, like really give this thing a look. And, uh, I met some amazing, amazing Christians. Uh, these older leaders, they're probably like 10, 15 years older than me. And, um, They actually would have me over for dinner every night. And by this point, honestly, my my relationship with my family was destroyed. I used to get in just screaming matches with my parents. And I was a terror to them. It was all my fault, you know. I acknowledge that. But, um, yeah, so these guys took me in. They had dinner with me, like, probably twice a week. I would just go to their house. And they put up with my stupid and just loved me and, like, shared the gospel with me and were real mentors to me. So I trusted them. And when they convinced me to go to this youth conference, and I mean, it was it was pretty lame, you know. You got like your your like peppy worship band and your little oh like you know nice. whatever crazy name and like you know, yeah. Youth Brigade or Praise Brigade or, I don't oh, know, it's you know. I it. <laughs> no, it wasn't that, but it, you know, it's just that kind of idea, I was like, oh, this is dumb. I
0: thought it'd be something like Revolution or... No, that was the name of my youth group for, that I started, legit. yeah. Listen,
1: this was like eight years ago. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah, no, really, it was Revolution. <laughs> it's always, it's always oh, it's something awesome. like that, yeah, yeah. yeah. town. I don't know, why can't we, we need better names for youth groups. Uh, anyway, so, so I go to this conference and, uh, I I remember being there and it was fine, you know, it was good. But but it wasn't until the last night where <clears throat> Um we're seeing a song and uh this wasn't even a charismatic setting really at all. Like this was a very mainline Protestant denomination cutting. But uh the one of my mentors she put her hand on me and just began to pray. And as I was worshiping, um I I felt like what felt like just a big ball of warm, liquid love just pour through my being. And honestly, if you've never felt it, it's it's indescribable. It felt like pure light, pure love, pure joy, uh just like moving through my body. And I actually I had something like a vision of Jesus on the cross and he was just saying, I love you. I did this for you, I love you. I did this for you, and I felt like something inside me broke. All my anger, my hard shell um, of hatred and and just self-loathing, it cracked, and, and, and it was like all of it fell off. And I cried for hours and hours, dude. Like, And it's so funny because as far as I know, I'm the only one that that really happened to. Uh, and so I was back in my hotel room with the guys and they're all like playing, you know, Yahtzee or whatever. And I'm just on my bed crying, you know what I mean? Like trying not to cry. (laughs) And like, I was so raw, like for weeks, um, afterwards, if I even heard a Christian song on the radio, I would cry, dude. Like it was (laughs) so tender because love, dude, this love, this, this, the voice of Jesus, it was so real. I knew it was Jesus, not some other thing, not, you know, some hypnotic thing, like out of nowhere, I just got wrecked by the love of god uh it felt like pure pleasure too honestly like i had done plenty of drugs but there was nothing like this because this left me feeling valued and loved and and almost like cleaner you know what i mean it's like when you do something that brings you pleasure but it's wrong it's like you leave feeling yeah you can feel dirty You, you, Mm -hmm. you just feel like this but this left me feeling like I was just amazing. And uh, so, yeah, and that is when I really gave my heart to Jesus for the first time. And I and I honestly, because I was so hardcore about everything else, when I grabbed onto Jesus, it was like, I'm, I'm never letting go of this. Like, this is my whole life now. And I, I read my entire Bible front to back that year. Um, okay. I started a youth group uh, and had a bunch of, like, stoners in my youth group. And, like, it, it, it was just... It was so real that I wasted no time. I was like, I'm giving my life to this. I'm going to be in ministry because I need to share this love with people. So that's kind of how my initial experience went. Uh,
0: so when you read the Bible, start to back, do you literally read Genesis yeah, yeah. to Revelation? Yeah,
1: I did. Yeah, I did. I read Genesis to uh, Revelation. I would cheat sometimes because, you know, sometimes, yeah, <laughs> sometimes that's what I'm wondering. in the you... minor prophets, like... I'd be like, this is really weird. Like, you can know, see so he's cooking cooking barbecue over his feces. I'm going to go read Matthew now, you know? No, but I was so just in love with the person of Jesus, man. I I really couldn't get it. I still can't, but I was just stuck in the gospels, just reading about Jesus and the way he carried himself and the power he had and the the way that he hung out with the outcasts and the poor. And, uh, you know, there was always enough with him. He was so generous and encouraged people to be like stupidly, radically generous with everything they have. Like it just... It, it changed my whole world and and immediately I lost friends. Uh, I couldn't there, there were people who just couldn't roll with it, which this th- that happens to you when you really start to uh, flow in the sauce, you know yeah. but, uh, yeah, um and I remember uh, I always had my little message Bible with me. Uh, and maybe that's why I'm a heretic now, I guess. But but I, <laughs> like I had in, it on my desk, yeah. And in history, dude, I I mean, I was uh, I, I'm not an academic guy. Like I I've always failed out of school. Probably need a so-so for that. But and he's so. like one
0: of the smartest people I've ever met.
1: Yeah, but to this day, like I I I don't know how I could do like a college class or something like that. I'm just very not into school. But uh, I would always have my Bible, and I would read my Bible in like history class and math class and stuff. I just came, and so eventually I, I just dropped out of high school and got my GED and was like I'm just going to do ministry and nice. uh, so my entire life dude I'm a high school honestly, dropout yeah for the Lord yeah yeah and yeah. I'm not encouraging everybody to do that <laughs> but I'm just saying like it 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 became uh, this boring sort of religious thing to me to like this is my entire life and it consumes me and and it still is uh, nine years later that was nine years ago wow and I uh, yeah so. Um now to get to where I am, uh, I think it might be fun to kind of talk about how I so not growing up in a charismatic family. <clears throat> uh, but but meeting Jesus in this very charismatic sort of way, uh I quickly realized that what sort of the mainstream church is satisfied to call church is a little odd. You know, you read the book of Acts and it's just like fire holy ghost all the time like healings angel encounters this and that uh and i and i'm just like what is going on there's got to be more to this um and so i just kind of was looking every which way and unfortunately i kind of took a weird turn for a while where i got way into like Calvinist theology (laughs) and i was going to a church in seattle called mars hill and they're like personally responsible for the revival of like calvinism and Uh, just like hyper-conservative, hyper-biblical, literal sort of uh, stuff. And so that really got in my system, which I eventually needed deliverance from later. Um, But yeah, so, but I just started to realize like, man, nothing that I can find seems to really support this idea that you can experience Jesus like I have and like I do every day. And so eventually uh, that's how I heard about Bethel. And as soon as I heard Bill Johnson talk, I'll never forget the first thing I ever heard Bill Johnson that's say. That's like an
0: important part of like every charismatic <laughs> Yeah, yeah like right. the first time you heard Bill Johnson.
1: Right. I was on my computer uh, just looking for stuff to listen to. I heard one line. It was this. He said, because um, I was always frustrated with how it seems like the church is so ingrown and nobody's ever out, you know, talking to people or whatever. Uh, and the first thing I heard Bill Johnson say was the Holy Spirit is in you as a river not as a lake and I was like boom that makes so much sense he's supposed to flow out of you you know not just be like stuck in there and so man I devoured Bill Johnson's stuff dude and also to uh another time I encountered Bethel was I I was sitting I used to go worship at my dad's church when nobody was around I would just kind of put on music and pray and uh I remember it being on Spotify on a shuffle playlist, and I was listening, and it was like, Hill song, it's fine. And then Bethel came on, and I remember tangibly feeling the presence of God like fill the room, and I was just like, whoa. <laughs> so I would skip to the next song, and then I kind of was like, okay, I don't really feel that anymore. I'd go back, same de- same deal. I was just like, <laughs> wow. So then I started to, to realize, okay, there... There are people out there who do tangibly experience this presence and and not only that, but that it's normal for them. so oh, come on that kind of started me on the path and you know, I don't need to cover nine years worth of journey for you, but <laughs> that's kind of my initial experiences uh, in this world where everything's all fact and reason based, like nobody can tell me that that didn't happen to me because the person I am now, the fact that I'm married and I'm responsible, husband with a child and the fact that I'm, uh, you know, just, I, I, I'm not bragging. This is a testimony of what God has done to me. I'm a man of character. I've been, uh, free of like pornography and uh, I don't have any like hidden secret sins or anything like that that I can speak of. It's just like my life has been utterly and completely transformed. I used to struggle with depression. Now I'm a person of uh, you've joy. Got
0: a podcast called House of Bliss. Yeah,
1: I used to be uh, just filled with self-loathing, and uh, now I. There are times where I can honestly say I wake up and I and I do love. I do love myself. I do love who I'm seeing. And even when those attacks come against me, I still, I could just remind myself, like, no, I I know who I am. Uh, and I have a destiny. Honestly, uh, you know, I may not be as rich as some. Uh,
0: you do have a nice house, a very posh, luxurious <laughs> house in Slavic Village. No, but
1: just the fact that, like, yeah, I, I'm taken care of and I... I we, we, do, we do just fine financially, uh, whereas before, dude, I honestly, I probably could have ended up homeless, mm-hmm. uh, just in ruins, because my, my life was just headed nowhere, you know? So, so everything that people see about me now, uh, I have no shred of pride about it, because I, I can honestly say that it is the direct result uh, of meeting Jesus Christ and uh, just discovering what he's done for me, so.
0: And how many yeah. times have you been arrested? since your first encounter with Jesus or that encounter
1: with Jesus? Just the one, but, you know, I, I have a lot of uh, plans for missions and stuff, so hope, yeah. I hope I can rack up that score a little bit more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just just not for uh, stupid underage drinking. <laughs> <laughs> drinking yeah. in the Holy Ghost. Well, cool. So, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of my brief fly flyby overview of how I kind of came to know Jesus. But So what about you, though? Because I know for you— uh, you were saying that you've kind of always known Jesus. You've grown up Christian, but but you've also, your family was very conservative. And were they, would it be fair to say like cessationist to you? Cessationist, yeah, through and through. So if you don't know what that means, that uh, it literally means that people believe that the whole the work of the Holy Spirit has completely ceased, other than uh, just basically reading the Bible we have the bible so we don't need any signs and wonders and miracles or personal experiences or encounters with jesus uh and and i say that not to shame anybody but that is a real ideology out there and i i hope that uh i hope that you can look around and see that that's not true you know yeah. but but anyway so but that might be helpful for people to hear um kind of sh- walk with me your journey with the lord but also like how did you come into like this Sort of version of faith where you're, really what you we would call ourselves probably like hyper charismatics like super, duper charismatics yeah. the old and, the the oil and the gold dust and the you know, <laughs> we that's love all the and all the stuff man yeah yeah
0: we uh speak tongues in Italian yeah we dude. did that last <laughs> yeah, episode. Right. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's a fun testimony right there. I could tell you my tongue's testimony.
1: Oh, <laughs> real quick. I got to tell you one time. One, one quick thing. One of my first uh, encounters with a Bethel-type person. <laughs> after coming out of... I, I, My parents were never like cessationists, but they were just... It was just more of a cautious, like, I don't know about that stuff. So we go to a Reading, and uh, I go to the healing rooms, and this lady probably in her late 50s, comes dancing out, twirling in front of me, and she has this, like, it looks like a violin case, but instead she pulls out this giant shofar. (laughs) And if you don't know what shofar is, it's a horn made out of a a ram's Ram's horn. horn. Yeah, it's literally like, so it's like a trumpet thing, and she doesn't even say a word to me. She just blows it in my face and then traces my body up and down, and then stops and says, turn around. And then just goes up and down my backside and then like dances off away. It doesn't say. And I was like, what just happened to me? What is What am I getting into? Like- we should have an episode
0: that just focuses on weird experiences that we've had in the charismatic church.
1: Listen, that's going to be the longest one. but. <laughs>
0: Praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus is so good, guys. I've had such a rich uh, life of knowing the Lord from the time I was young. My heart was just really tender to Jesus. People always ask, when did you get saved, Mark? And I really can't say. But the one experience I point to where I'm like, oh, I know Jesus is real, is I was probably like seven, eight, nine years old, something like that. And back back in the day when I was a child, we used to have these things called encyclopedias. We didn't have Wikipedia back then, nor did we have the internet. This is before Al Gore had invented it. And uh, so we had these encyclopedias. And I just thought, I started to have doubts as a kid. And I'm just like, you know, if Santa Claus isn't real. Jesus is probably just like Santa Claus. and He's not real.
1: <laughs> Little atheist mark.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and so anyways, I uh, was like, well, if Jesus is real... He'll be in the encyclopedia. (laughs) And so I pulled out the J's, page through, and sure enough, big, like two or three page article on Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's so real. This is awesome. It's not fake. Which is kind of funny because I probably could... I've uh, looked up Santa Claus in the S section. (laughs) Right, right.
1: (laughs) I love the logic, though. That's that's really good logic. The old seven
0: or eight-year-old Mark was convinced at that point, Jesus Christ is real.
1: Bro, you need to use that as a form of apologetics. Somebody that's arguing with you about just, like, look it up in the encyclopedia. I should
0: should just carry around with me, like, the J encyclopedia from (laughs) when I was a kid. I'd be like, bro... Check this out. hope you're ready to eat your words, skeptics. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I was convinced, and I've, uh, from that point on, been pretty thoroughly convinced. Uh, but I did grow up a very conservative church. I grew up in the Lutheran. I was a Lutheran, a good Lutheran boy, don't you know? From Minnesota, don't you know? But at this time, I was growing up in an even smaller town than you. Oh my goodness. Uh, Sparta, Wisconsin. Sparta? And Sparta.
1: <laughs> oh, dude.
0: Very... They're very warrior like.
1: So that's why you're so tough. <laughs> very
0: tribal. <laughs> very raw. Did
1: you ever like physically kill another high school football team?
0: That was your initiation. Yeah.
1: Right.
0: Into being you know, a part of Sparta. Oh so that explains a lot. Right. That's why I'm the toughest person you'll ever meet.
1: It's a very. Mark, if there's anyone who's. If you want to look up macho in the encyclopedia, (laughs) uh, right next to Jesus Christ is uh, Mark Duman in the macho section. I'm
0: like right above Gerard Butler in 300. (laughs) (laughs) That would be me. So I grew up in this tiny, small town. My dad was a Lutheran pastor, don't you know? And it was cessationist, so they didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. But even before this time, my dad had a radical encounter with the Holy Spirit where he just began to see kind of an emptiness in his own life and own ministry. There was something that was dramatically missing. He began to read in uh, like 1 Corinthians 12 and 1 Corinthians 14 just kind of about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, that was always taught within our church, like, that's not legit. It's no longer legit. It's like, amazing
1: how the only thing we need to really fix that is just a quick glance through the Bible.
0: Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> no, that was all taught that I since know. the Bible was canonized, like, Scripture right. had revealed everything we needed to know, and so the Holy Spirit was right. But that
1: whole church. premise is extra biblical. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. anyway, Very go ahead,
0: go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I'll do an apologetics defending cessationism. For
1: yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: But uh, anyways, my dad had a dramatic encounter with the Holy Spirit where he in his own heart just began to ask, like, Holy Spirit, if you're still present, if you're still active, like, I want to embrace you. I want to embrace what you do. And so, like, just on his own, he had never heard anybody speak in tongues or anything like that. But anyways, he ended up getting experienced a, a baptism of the Holy Spirit. In which she just started to speak out in tongues, even though I had never heard anybody say that. And uh, anyways, he came back to uh, the house and he told my mom about this experience. And she's kind of just like terrified because it's like, <laughs> what in the world? Got yourself possessed. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of knew it was like the beginning of the end for our family, just with the, the church. My, uh, I have just a rich uh, family background within that church. Like my grandpa was a... Uh, Professor of the seminary and stuff like that. So, anyways, our family was just very connected with that uh, Lutheran denomination. Which, uh, if you're listening from that Lutheran denomination, I absolutely love you guys, and I absolutely love just sort of my heritage. Um, A lot of glory, yeah. There's a lot of glory on Martin Luther and communion, communion. There's a lot of actually rich revelation and and a great uh, uh, faith foundation that I got from the church. So. um, super happy about that. Um, But what ended up happening happening eventually is we kind of got forced out of the church. My dad got forced out of ministry and it caused like a big divorce uh, within my own family between uh, just relatives and and our family. And and at that time, it was just mostly just, it was just sort of something that was just brand spanking new, kind of like in your own experience, like you had this crazy encounter with the Lord. And then it was like, okay, that kind of just breaks apart like all everything I used to believe. <laughs> right, right. But it, it's just like, you just it puts you in this place where it's just like, all right, God, I know you're real. I just don't exactly know how to walk this out. and I don't know how to live it out and stuff like that. So um, I'll just kind of fast forward. So anyways, uh, that season, well, I'll share this about my testimony, which is pretty crazy. So I'm one of seven kids and my dad ended up getting forced out of the ministry And, um, we are kind of in this place where we're just, I ended up moving back to Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota with my family and I'm a teenager at this point. And my parents are just kind of now learning what it means to just follow the leading of the Lord, follow the Holy Spirit, embrace the Holy Spirit. Ah, there's so many fun things I want to tell. But anyways, (laughs) my dad, uh, ended up just Through the leading of the Holy Spirit, once again, we're just trying to learn how to hear the Holy Spirit at this time. Ended up just feeling I'm not supposed to really just dive back into work. I'm just supposed to allow the Lord to heal some things in my life and and teach me what what it means to kind of walk with the Holy Spirit. And so my dad ended up not working for a season of like about four years. Oh, wow. Like, and uh, he would have odd jobs here and there. But for the most part, it was just really relying on just crazy provision. Now we had family members too that helped out in this time. And, and looking back, I'm not sure if we exactly walked this out perfectly, but I saw God just like do crazy things uh, where he ended up providing for our family for over a period of four years. Wow. And it was crazy, crazy difficult at the same time. Like, we were desperately poor, and and uh, we had, like, creditors calling our house all the day, <laughs> all the time. And we'd have uh, – I can't remember if we ever had, like, our electricity shut off, but our phone would get shut off and stuff like that. So it was
1: just like – So you're, you're, like, basically all uh, twist then.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> poor, poor orphan boy. <laughs> Mark, I mean, you're ready. Picture right. me with, like, set kind of, like,
1: This is the part. This is face. the part of your testimony where somebody gets the keyboard out and just starts to play a nice pad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish you
0: had a keyboard right now. I wish I did, was, man. I would have brought it. Put it into the podcast. And get like,
1: that nice, uh, I love you, Jason Upton, but that nice, like, cheesy, like, piano sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're Oliver Twist out here today. <laughs> So
0: yeah, so that was kind of just my experience, and my experience with that was I, uh, well, at this time our our family started going to more charismatic centered churches, and I just thought it was really, 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 really weird. Oh, and, well, you uh, weren't wrong. <laughs> yeah, they they were for for real. They were really really weird, and uh, and there's a lot of stuff in the charismatic church that is still very very weird, and some of it's good, some of it's not. But, anyways, uh, as a youth, like. I I just sort of like saw it in my family that God was just really real, and uh, and so from that was able to kind of just hold on to my faith uh, quite well through my teenage years, and uh, and then um, uh, through through even like my twenties, I just the beautiful thing with my testimony, Cole, is like I couldn't get away with anything without severe conviction from the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Like, it would severely convict me, which I'm so happy for. Like, I'm so happy I wasn't, like, experimenting with drugs. I wasn't having sex with a bunch of women. I wasn't living in any sort of real party lifestyle. Um, I'm so happy about that because at any time I would try, even, like, the smallest little bit, I would have such severe conviction.
1: Just a little bit of (laughs) sex.
0: Just light tech, like, first base, second base. By the time I got to first base, Holy Spirit's like, nah. Like, I couldn't even get on base call the Holy Spirit. You're a terrible air quote baseball player. <laughs> the holy spirit has put me back probably
1: misinterpreted your like horrible sweating you know (laughs) (laughs) it's actually just the weight of conviction
0: (laughs) so uh yeah so anyways i couldn't get away with nothing nothing because the holy spirit is he's the ultimate taskmaster, right and he's a strict disciplinarian (laughs) right so here's just kind of oh that's kind of brings me to a great point so in my 20s I uh, still love the Lord, but just wasn't. I kind of had a little compromise in my life. wasn't anything crazy, but I was just kind of a little bit apathetic in my faith.
1: Just a little acid, just a little,
0: <clears throat> just, a little yeah. just a little bit, just a
1: little bit. Just a smidge of acid.
0: Just you know, every other day. wasn't like an everyday <laughs> sort of thing.
1: Yeah, that would be nuts.
0: So, anyways, I walked um, just in my own life. I could find myself just sort of resistant to where God was leading and directing me. Part of it was sort of I felt like the Lord was calling me into ministry or to just embrace uh, his his uh just embrace Jesus fully. It kind of felt like I was half in, half out. Um, I was going to school at the University of Minnesota, which is a beautiful school by the way, and I got a degree in civil engineering. I'm what I like to call myself uncivilly civil. And uh but at the same time I was just like Part of me was a bit miserable because the whole thing I, I felt like I was doing it was I wanted to get a career, I wanted to make a good chunk of money because I was just so afraid of following the call on of God in my life meant I would be desperately poor because that's mm. kind of the experience right. I came out yeah, of with right. my family. So I was like, I have to build some sort of safety net. So my kind of in my mind, I was like, I'm gonna like get uh, go to school, get a nice career, make some good money gonna have a wife, gonna have some kids. And uh, anyways, just felt sort of like inwardly dissatisfied, I think is the best way to put it. And that's where I already shared a little bit earlier. I just kind of realized that through a, a series of years in my life, probably like, I don't know, like 20, 21, 22 to like 26 or something like that. I just kind of felt like, oh, there's just like no spiritual growth that's taking place in my life, which is actually kind of a lie, but that's just what I felt. And I'm like, it just really hit me really strong that I wanted to make sure I lived a life with no regrets. Yeah. And I just knew that I knew that I knew that the only way to do that was to just really fully embrace my faith, to really fully embrace the love of the Lord. And it was kind of scary for me at this moment because I was a little bit terrified of, of a lot of what I saw in the charismatic church. Um <laughs> Which is funny. At least you didn't get a shofar to the face. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have a shofar up and down my body, which is (laughs) hilarious. But at that time, I also wanted to fully embrace the Holy Spirit, which was, like I said, kind of scary. Because the only way I'd see the Holy Spirit sort of openly demonstrated was was uh through kind of wild
1: charismania people flopping on the ground (laughs) people flopping on the
0: ground and blowing shofars over people and (laughs) waving their prophetic flags and carrying around a big sword like a big prophetic sword
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah dude every i feel like every charismatic home has a sword somewhere (laughs) 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 or a large (laughs) knife of some kind you know (laughs) or don't call yourself a charismatic Yeah. yeah. okay (laughs) like you gotta have a
0: sword (laughs) And okay, the other thing that was really scary for me at this point, which I think bears mentioning, because I think it helps free up people that are out there listening, is I was so scared to really embrace Jesus fully because it it felt like at that time I would be stiffly religious oh, and yeah, yeah. pious. And I felt like that life did not appeal to me whatsoever. It's kind of like your experience right, like in right, the church right. settings that you grew up in. Like, oh, that did not look like fun living, like something about that just felt innately wrong,
1: yeah, yeah, and that's not to say those people are bad or anything, no, it's not just at like all. it's just not it just didn't appeal to me,
0: yeah, and so I you know at that point, I don't I think I had a fairly decent concept, but I just didn't know how fun the Lord was, and one of my like favorite verses is uh it, it it's in like the Gospels where it talks about. They say like John the Baptist is demon possessed, but Jesus, like they didn't know what box to put him, what box to put him in. They're like he's a drunkard, like he's at all these parties and yeah. he's off in this loose living with all these like crazy people, and uh, quote unquote sinners. But anyways, I just began to uh, realize like, oh, God is actually a God that is pro pleasure. He's very pro fun. He's yeah. very adventurous. He's very exciting. And so to embrace him meant I'd be embracing the most adventurous, the most exciting, um, uh, the freshest, the funnest, uh, version of myself and then the version of my life that I really want to live out. So, so that happened probably like mid to late twenties. I w- I had a, I, w- I was kind of like really wanting, uh, to, to sort of engage with the Lord. I knew I needed kind of a change in my life, and I randomly had a friend. It was my brother's best friend. He invited me to, at that time, IHOP, not the <laughs> pancake house, but the prayer house, All right. to the one thing, uh, which is their New Year's conference, if, if people are unaware.
1: It'll give you the grounds, man. It'll give you the grounds.
0: <laughs> so I have something similar in my testimony to you that, um, so I went down there. And I had no idea what IHOP really was. I had heard a couple things through family, but didn't really have a concept of what it was. And so I'm like picturing like there'll be like two or 300 people there maybe. <laughs> and there ended up being like 20,000 or something like that, people there. And I'm like, this is crazy. Some like, little
1: living room gathering. <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, long story short, there was a bunch of stuff that was still kind of weird to me uh, at IHOP, um, which is fine. Um, but I just... Uh, it, at that uh, conference I just really got just rocked by the Lord and it was the same thing for me that um, I ended up every time I tried to tell people about it afterwards I would just start crying I would talk about Jesus and I would just start crying and I like couldn't get that to stop for like a couple months (laughs) like it was just like his love to me was so beautiful and it felt so new and and so God just kind of like flipped my life upside down. So Yeah. Anyways, that was kind of like the beginning of the end and sort of the adult season of my life. I'm 36 now, by the way. So that was about 10 years ago. And um and, and I've never been the
1: same ever since.
0: I've been a little bit wild, a little bit crazy.
1: <laughs> no, man, you're you're I'm like the definition of fun.
0: And uh and and uh, life has been an adventure for me, and life uh, feels new, and every day feels like new opportunities for things to learn. And uh, you know, for the most part, you know, you have some down seasons, um, but for the most part, in Jesus, it's just like uh, it's pure undiluted bliss and joy. And I've just sort of like I'm so bent on every day I want to live out of the experience of the fullness of everything that the Lord's given to me. And so every day is kind of an, uh, an awakening to what that actually means. But I love it. doesn't necessarily look like everything that you grew up in church to see and experience and think is God. So it's
1: no, no. pretty amazing. Yeah, so so uh, I did not expect that we would be chatting this long about our our testimonies. I was thinking we could get into some stuff that we've seen just more in the present day. Uh, but you know, I think we could do another podcast episode just entirely about like testimonies of things we've seen, miracles and all that stuff. Uh, but uh, let's wrap this up today. But I, I do want to just say like, so we have two people from pretty different backgrounds, uh, but we can confidently say that our life because of Jesus Christ, because of, like our firsthand experience of Jesus Christ is that he is more fun, more fulfilling, more enjoyable, more wild and crazy than anything we ever could have hoped or attempted to do in our youth. And I think that wildness is what really appeals to me about Jesus the most, even still, is that uh, he was always getting kicked out of, of, of churches and different circles, and like you couldn't put a box around him and when you hang out with jesus that starts to become your story too and like uh not that you can't be you know socially well adjusted but just just that uh that spirit of adventure that spirit of never quite being able to be pinned down going with the wind of the spirit you do stuff like move to slavic village and buy it. a house from california or whatever and people are like why do you it's why would you do that you know that's dangerous or this that's like I don't know man, I'm flowing with a with a lion, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I I just live uh so I do wanna add a little epilogue here about my story real quick. <laughs> Is that my family? You um, gotta
0: talk more about yourself. Yeah,
1: right, right. No, but I just wanted to say that uh my family now who their church ended up closing down. It caused a really, uh, really hard time for them, where there was a lot of uh, just anger and disappointment and stuff. Um, I'm happy to say that now my parents are doing so well. Like they fully embraced uh, this sort of like fuller gospel, uh, the experience of the Holy Spirit. They're happy at a church. They're kind of doing ministry for fun now. Um, yeah, it's like my mom is just like a super, super, super sharp. Prophetic voice. Uh, it's just really fun to see them having so much fun and go from, uh, just go from a place of sort of depression and being shut down to like they're some of the most joyous people I know, and uh, it's really cool to see how God has taken their lives and even continued to change them and bless them throughout the years. So, so it's not Good. just me. It's yeah. like it's had an impact on my entire family. So. I,
0: on the other hand, have not impacted my family. So, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Oh, it's like, oh, nice. I was like a one-downer. We were one-upping each other. Right, oh, okay, a one-downer, yeah. I just one-downed you. I feel
1: like, well, sometimes you get in, like, those uh, Christian accountability circles, and then it becomes, like, a sin (laughs) contest, you know, like, who screwed up worse this week, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, uh, whoever you are out there, we just wanna tell you we love you, we bless you, and it is good to review your story. It is good to remind yourself. Sometimes you think, man, I don't have a story like that. Well, if you've experienced Jesus in any way, shape, or form, you have a story that people need to know about. Remind yourself, uh, remember the testimony, and I promise you, you will find a fresh well of passion just uh, spilling out of you. You won't be able to stop yourself, and no matter what adversity comes your way or anything like that you will be able to look people in the eye just like peter and say i can't keep silent about what i've seen and what i've heard and in this world that's full of confusion full of fake news and arguments and this Mm. and that and just remember that nobody can take away what you have experienced about jesus nobody can take away your testimony and ultimately it is by your testimony and by the blood of the lamb that you will overcome. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much. Get out of here. Get out You've of here. You've been here out. too long. Goodbye. Get out of Bye here. Bye-bye.
0: Well See you Get Ciao.
1: Out. Ciao.